tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And do you ever feel you have a creative vision, but you feel like you lack direction or steps for action? Well, today's guest can certainly relate. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter, but he's also an entrepreneur. He coaches. He's a dad. And he says that sometimes creativity is like a vacation without a destination if you don't have the steps to take. And so uh, he's been there, and we're going to learn how he's unlocked his own world of creativity. Welcome, my guest, Bill Small. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. Bill's company is artistmind.co. He's in Austin, Texas. We like to travel all around the world to talk to these creative practitioners. And today it's great to land in Austin, home of South by Southwest, live music capital of the world, but also a tech capital. What I wanted to start with, Bill, your interesting combination of musician and entrepreneur and coach for others in business. What can one learn from the other? Where do those things collide and overlap? I think the biggest place is that unbeknownst to me, when I started in my 20s on my journey or really even before that on my journey of wanting to be a professional musician, I had no idea that I was running a business. I didn't have a clue. I thought that didn't happen until later. You know, back in those days, the goal, I think, was always get a record deal. And I thought, well, if you get a record deal, then I guess you have a business or you're part of their business. I still didn't really know how it worked. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get that just by me saying, hey, I'm going to go play music and I'm going to ask people to pay me money for that, that I had my own business. So when I look back years later, I realized I've been failing miserably at business for years. So I ought to be able to help some people not do that. There you go. I think back to some of our previous guests, Joanne Butcher talked about a very similar thing in film, that filmmakers often don't think of, you know, you're pitching to, yes. to raise money, just like a startup company. Or Jake Brown talked about this in, in books. It's like, well, if you're trying to make money in books, otherwise you're just writing, you know, in your journal. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and you know what, that's fine too. And, and it's great to, to be creative in whatever way you are. And, you know, for me, I, I'd be happy to make music and not necessarily put it out, I mm -hmm. guess. But if I'm going to put it out in the world, I need to take the case that, hey, I do have a business. So then I have to create other things around that, especially my own expectations. Of yes. What do I want to do with this, with this business of mine? And maybe it is about expectations. You know, I think about the people who say what you said. It's like, well, I just want to make music, but there's also this do what you love and the money will follow kind of attitude. But some people feel, well, as soon as I make it a business, does it take the love of the music away? Uh, I have experienced that. I think mostly that came from, I had a habit for a long time of taking work inside of the greater sphere of music and entertainment that I knew I could do that paid money, mm -hmm. even if maybe it didn't end up being work that I wanted to continue doing. So uh, I love, um, you can't see it if you're listening to the audio version of this, but Mark, you have this awesome picture of Criterion Recording Studios <laughs> behind you. And uh, I was in the studio business for a while. 
I've always had studios in my house, but I actually got one outside of my house for a while and, um, and I've worked in my house a lot and realized after a time of trying that, that while there's things I love about recording music and making records is just one of the most fun things ever and I'll never stop doing it, being in the studio business was not fun for me. Hmm. There are people who that's fun. That's fun for them. They should do that. That's not fun for me. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yes. So I think for me, it's been more finding the parts of it that I really love, not just the ones I can do and get paid for. Well, let's talk about the music a little bit. Some of your new and latest songs. I love the description I read about your music, a combination of a little stomp and groove. And uh, as I listen to it, there's a lot of stomp and there's a lot of groove. I've been kicking these stones far too long. Dust is all I can taste. This tin can living ain't quite heaven. Even angels left this place. Let's throw a prayer into the air. Stop living in misery. Hey, baby, what do you say? I think it's time to leave. There's got to be something. There's got to be something better. There's got to be something better than this. No steady work, no I, like so many other artists, all of a sudden found myself locked up with no gigs in the <laughs> spring of 2020. I may have uh, ordered some more gear, like everybody else, uh, and and started taking some songs that I had written and actually doing something with them. I had some fun in that summer of 2020, where first I, I just said, okay, let's see if I still remember how to do this. And I recorded a song, had a friend mix it, and released it. And while I was doing that, I started a couple others, and I sent them to drummers that I knew, one in Michigan and one in North Carolina, and said, hey, play on this for me. Uh, and just started doing that, which I guess I could have always been doing that, but I had nothing else to do, so that's what I did. And it, it was really fun. And it, it kind of re-engaged me in this process of, of making singles as opposed to collecting songs to at some point raise money for and then make an album. Mm-hmm which is a, uh, an ever-changing and not as... It's just not the same way it used to be when you did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been making records for a while, and uh, at least in my world, uh, it's not really something you make money on. If you're really, really fortunate, you might make your money back. Uh, not that I've ever had that experience, but I'm sure some people do. Some, somewhere uh, it has happened. <laughs> yeah, some people do it. Uh, so I thought, well, why don't I do this a different way? And I know a lot of people are doing that, uh, but it's been really, really fun. And I'm not concerned with, oh, do these all fit together? Mm-hmm. I just, oh, what's the next one? What is what is it going to sound like? And just do it and put it out there. Yeah. I'm actually uh, in the process of getting two more mixed and mastered and ready to go. As oh, we fantastic. Speak. Well, one I wanted to highlight was Call Me Lucky. Give us a little setup of this song before I play a a bit of it. Mm, Call me lucky. Well, there is a singer songwriter here in Austin named Sarah Hickman. And Sarah had a record deal in the 80s. She was kind of a big deal. You know, like when I moved to Texas, 
I heard about her and, you know, I think she was on MTV and did the whole deal and, and had the classic story of having a record deal for a while. And then they dropped her or something happened and they held on to one of her records. She had to buy it back. Like, you know, one of those kind of stories. And I've always loved her music and her energy. And one day I finally just reached out to her and said, Hey, Sarah, I think we should write a song together. She said, great, come on over. And as per usual, I showed up with a guitar and not a single idea in my head. And as we sat and talked, uh, she had this awesome little aged dog named Lucky. And we started talking about Lucky and what Lucky's life was like. And that's where the song came from. Love that. Listeners, let's take a sample uh, listen here. It's Lucky by Bill Small. I wish I was lucky Just for tonight Shooting stars spinning by Figure eights in the sky What a beautiful sight Just call me lucky Lucky I am Lucky to be Happy and free Just Fantastic. Well, thinking about that creative process, Bill, I love the collaborative. A lot of times we imagine, you know, especially with singer songwriters, you're sitting on a bench, you're all by yourself, or a painter is in the basement or in their studio uh, doing this lone work or these lone inventors in the lab. But I think you've described something that we've often picked up on, and that is collaborators, wherever they come in the process, have a lot to do with helping get our work out. Yeah, quite honestly, I think I've always wanted to be that lone person at the bench writing the song and maybe even thought I was supposed to be, that that's what being an artist meant, even though I have no evidence for that. I just kind of thought that. And I find that for me, I much prefer collaborating. I like working with other people. I get tired of me. I bore me after a while. I need some input. I need some push and pull. Uh, ev- almost every song that I've written in the last couple of years has been a collaboration of some sort. I even have two that I recently, uh, this may sound funny from a 55 year old man, but I recently uh, completed my college degree uh, from Berkeley College of Music that I started back in the 80s. And uh, in the process of that, Uh, during a creative writing class, I had the opportunity to turn in my homework as either a thousand word essay or a song. And I thought, well, if I'm gonna call myself a songwriter, I might as well choose the song option. And I got two songs out of it that I'm really proud of. And I even consider that a collaboration. Somebody, they gave me the prompt. The the prompt came from school. I I just did the rest. Yes. Uh, And and even that for me was a bit of a collaboration. So I, I really like uh, collaborating. Great perspective. You know, and also I guess that, that lone artist, 
there's a temptation to judge our work, you know, and the self-criticism and the choice paralysis of which way do I go? You, mm-hmm. you speak to this a lot in uh, your work too, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Is this another place where music, creativity, and business and entrepreneurship share some things in common? Probably. I may talk about it different ways for those things. I know that in the in the creation process, in the songwriting process, I think the most dangerous thing to do is uh, editing something before you're done with it. Mm. And that's kind of what you just described. You know, which way do I go? What choice do I make? How is this? The minute you start judging what you're doing while you're doing it, when that happens to me, I, I should just leave the room. I'm done. Uh, I can, it, it's gone. And that may be one of the things I like about collaboration is it gives me less opportunity to do that. If I'm by myself, sometimes I might be more apt to do that. I think in business, sometimes choice paralysis comes from not having a clear vision for where you're headed. Oftentimes in business, we start our business because we're good at doing something. We like to do this thing. We found that people will pay us to do this thing. So we start doing it and making money. And I've asked every single business client I've ever had, where do you want to be in five years? And no one has ever answered the question. Mm -hmm. When you have a clear vision of where you're headed, it's a lot easier to make a choice. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? Do I hire this person or fire that person? Do I take this client or not? Do I do this kind of work or do I not do that kind of work? When you have a clear vision of where you want to end up, all you have to do then is say, well, does turning right line up with where I say I want to go or should I turn left? Yes. Well, not only do you get uh, choice paralysis, you've got another great term called decision fatigue, mm. where it's like, I'm so tired of having to make those choices. Yeah. How many forks in the road do I have to face? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> and what do, what do you advise entrepreneurs at that's, um, that are sensing that? Get over it. It's part of the deal. <laughs> you wanted to have a business. But, you know, when you're, when you're the boss, this is what you have to do. Even mm-hmm. if you're the only person who works for you, when you're the boss, you're going to make all the decisions. You're going to have to make all the choices. And it is sometimes never ending. Mm-hmm. It really is. I think that's the other place where having a business coach, having a mentor, having someone outside of your business to talk to, to uh, make decisions with, to uh, advise you, to get you out of your own head, to give you another perspective can be really, really helpful. I think when people have asked me, what purpose does a business coach serve? Part of my answer is that running a business of any size is kind of a lonely gig. Uh, there's There's not really anybody you can turn to to talk through the things you're dealing with. You don't want to bring it home to your partner, your spouse. Uh, You certainly can't talk to your employees because if they knew half the stuff that you were dealing with, they'd freak out. (laughs) They'd think the place was closing down or something next week. Uh, So I, I think having someone, whatever it is, that can be a trusted advisor that you can uh, work things through with is super important. Mm, Fantastic. Well, let's take a listen to another song. I want to play uh, Nothing I Can Do 
Ah, so that's the one that I set was this talking one up. about. Yeah. That, that's the one that uh, it was a fairly recently written song with my writing partner, Randy Sitzler, who's from Detroit, Michigan. He had come down and we had finished that one. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. And uh, that's the one where I bought a new microphone and a couple other things. And I said, <laughs> hey, let's see what I can do. And I recorded that here in my office and sent it to my favorite uh, studio, Jumping Dog Studio in Austin, Texas, to get it mixed. And I did something that I had never done before, and now I do it all the time, which is I sent it to Abbey Road hmm. to get it mastered. And not only did it come out great, I get to say it was mastered at Abbey Road, which makes me feel special. There you go. Well, let's take a listen. southern breeze but they don't grow around here in this city I don't know how I wound up in this town there's nothing I can do about it now she was sitting on the steps of her front porch the day I left I told her I'd be back in a minute I didn't plan to let her down There's nothing I can do about it now There's nothing I can do about running away I didn't mean to go But I couldn't stay Nothing I can do to make it right Standing all alone in the middle of the night Well, fantastic. I want to pick up on this idea of the Abbey Road mixing connection. Mm. You know, I guess that launches from the collaboration, but there's also this you know, making connections, which is a big theme I'd like to touch on in this podcast, because yeah. you can have the greatest work, but getting it out into the world, you got to have the right people to talk to. Sure. And, and maybe that includes avoiding people talking to people that <laughs> want to bust your bubble sometimes. <laughs> yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about the right people to talk to. Well, I don't know about the right people, but I do know this, that connection is at the heart of everything. And I, I don't think we talk about it enough. And, and I think there's a lot of angles to it. I remember years ago, I was in Nashville. And every year, Berkeley College of Music sends a bunch of kids down to Nashville, people who are interested in the music scene there, uh, to go check it out. And I kind of helped chaperone one day. And one of the students asked, all right, I'm about to get out of school. Uh, what do you suggest I do to find work? And I said, I want you to get the name and phone number of every person who's on this trip with you and stay in touch with all of them because they are how you're going to get work. And there is that old cliche about the music business or entertainment business that it's all about who you know. And you know what? It is. And every business is all about who you know. Mm -hmm. And that's from your vendors to your customers to, who, to your employees to whoever. It's all about 
who you know. And the only way you know people is to be out in the world and connect. So good. Good advice. Well, let's talk about getting back out into the world. You were talking earlier about uh, all the things you had to do when you couldn't be out there. Are things opening back up for you? What what kind of uh, what kind of shows do you have coming up? Well, I'm blessed in that uh, there are some places here in Central Texas that let me come play. uh, And I've started to do that again. I was in a band based out of Austin for 15 years called Walt Wilkins and the Mystic Caros. Walt is a fantastic songwriter uh, who I met in Nashville and we all moved back to Texas in the early 2000s and ended up in a band together. Uh, That was great. We actually officially disbanded, not in a bad way, just a next phase. right before the pandemic, which was kind of fortuitous. Uh, And uh, it's left me now kind of recreating what do I want next? So I'm in the, I'm still in the process of that. I'm taking some shows where I have to put a band together and go play and taking some shows where I show up with a guitar and taking some things where I show up and play with other people. So I'm kind of uh, seeing what feels good right now. Yes. It's good to be out there again, I take it. It really is. It really is. I just, you mentioned South by Southwest, uh, which we're just recovering from here. I usually do something. I actually this year forgot all about it because I, I wasn't even sure it was happening. It didn't happen a year ago. And there was talk that it might never happen again. So I wasn't really sure. And in January, I and my family, we all got COVID. Everybody's okay. And February started, I had a, I had a show or two to do and started venturing out. And I thought, wait a minute, South by, is that happening? So I made a couple of calls and, and had a couple unofficial shows and it was so much fun. The energy of that and all the people in town and uh, seeing people I hadn't seen for quite a while, people who normally come here a few times a year and haven't been able to, and, it was a really, really beautiful thing. And I walked away really thinking about connection, just like we were talking about and Mm -hmm. reconnecting with people through music. Good insight. Good experience. It sounds like, well, Bill, want to make sure that our listeners uh, know where to find you, how to connect with you and follow your work, especially if they plan to be in Austin and the Hill country, but uh, especially in business. So tell us where to find you. Well, the easiest thing to do is go to artistmind.co. Uh, you can connect everything else from there. You can, I have some free courses you can take. You can get an email from me once in a while with some interesting stuff or not interesting stuff, depending on the day. Uh, and uh, that's the easiest thing to do. Or if you're an Instagram person, you could uh, send me a message at, at mindartcoach. Fantastic. Well, let's land on this artist mind. Yeah. What are you seeing that you're trying to, I guess, build or curate for yourself mm. to really help people develop an artist's mind. To go back to creativity, oftentimes people define creativity as being an artist, uh, painting mm. or drawing or uh, sculpting or music or what have you. I truly believe we create every moment of our lives. You're creating your life right now. You can be as artistic with that creation as you can be with a painting. It's up to you. So I think that's really it, is is knowing that you are the artist of your life. 
Well, Bill, can't thank you enough for sharing your insights and your experience and uh, most of all your music. Thanks for coming Thanks for on the show. Me. Thanks for having my, me. My guest has been Bill Small. His company is Artist Mind. You can find him at artistmind.co in Austin, Texas. Well, listeners, come back again for our next episode. We're going to continue our around the world journeys to talk to creative practitioners like Bill about how they get inspired and how they organize those ideas. And most of all, how they make the connections and gain the confidence to launch their work out into the world. Join us again next time. I'm Mark Stenson, and we'll be unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.